The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states, Washington D.C. Before it's too late, there's not long. We need leaders who lead us, not stick us and bleed us, then ransom our future and our children's. That's wrong. Liberty weeps, our forefathers spin in their graves. Pray God will bless some way out of this mess. We must take America back. And we begin the second hour of the National Intel Report. I'm your host, Steve Elkins, and today's date is February 6, 2023, and it's the second hour, which means we bring in our my co-host from the West Coast, Mr. Ron McDonald. Are you there, Ron? Yeah, I'm here, Steve. You know, there's been a rumor going around in California about you that today you took a swim in a pool at 70-degree weather. Is that true? I, I did. The, the water was 70, and um, it actually wasn't that bad. It was uh, refreshing, uh, but uh, I didn't stay in very long. Se- you know, 70 is pretty cold when it comes down to water. Uh. Um and I've been in, in water a lot colder than that, but uh, you know, it it I was uh, a bit sluggish, and I, I thought I got to wake up here. And so, what am I gonna do? Let me dive in the pool here and uh, get out. And uh, I felt much better. Where coffee or tea doesn't wake me up sometimes, a nice jump in the cold pool wakes you up here. Ron, uh, you you had as much fun and you laughed as much as I did about the the big giant Chinese spy balloon. Oh God. I mean, um, pretty ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Steve, um, back in the 70s, we had satellites that could focus anywhere in the world and pick up uh, the sight of a dime on a sidewalk. They're using hot air balloons. Yeah. We're going back in time. Like I said, uh, 007, James Bond. I don't think I remember a James Bond in a balloon spying on somebody, but uh, I may have missed that one. I don't know. Let's go back and talk to our guest here uh, on the phone here, James in Vancouver. James, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. And at 16,000 feet, Larry would be cooling off pretty well. Oh, I bet he was. Yeah, I bet he was. Oh, it would be cold. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, Look at, uh, I got myself to the hospital. I'll even give the name, the Taiwan Adventist Hospital, good people. And uh, within uh, 15 minutes to an hour, they had three shots of antihistamine punched into my arm. And they insisted that I had to stay the night in the hospital, otherwise sign a release saying that, you know, I I asked to be let out because they said this was a highly dangerous operation. So, uh, I just want to make the point that uh, people who don't have serious allergies uh, do not have the experience to comprehend uh, the seriousness of uh, the possibilities 
and that even the very, very small antigens out there, uh, mm-hmm. pollen, what have you, uh, protein, of course, uh, is flying around, and it's dangerous to those who are sensitive to it. Pretty much that's my point for the day. Well, you, you do understand that the peanut allergy was created accidentally, or I, I'm, I guess accidentally. You understand it was created, right? Well, I was born in 1952. Were they, uh, were they into that Frankenstein stuff back then, then? Well, they were, they were using it as an adjuvant, adjuvant um, okay. in the shots back in the 50s. I'm not sure how much well, further, I was further, born further with back than that, yeah, but it was I, an adjuvant used in a vaccine, and that's what caused your, that's what created yeah. the peanut allergies right there. Well, and it, uh, I don't know, I was born with this. I remember being sick as a baby, so um, I don't think they had given me vaccines yet. That came well, it could have been your, it could have been trans, could have gone yeah. over from your mother to you. Yeah, could have been one of those exactly. situations. Well, then in that yeah. case, that's probably how I picked it up. Probably. probably. All right. Thanks, Ken. All right, James. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. All right. No other callers. 512-248-8252. It's 512-248-8252. Yeah, uh, Ron, the uh, the spy technology, the big balloon is uh, – I, you know, I love the callers when, when somebody calls in and says, you know, it's a, it was a big giant Chinese condom flying <laughs> over, you know. Uh, that's pretty creative. I, I, I didn't yeah, think of it. The latex. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it had to be a visual – pleasantry in a sense to look at it i mean i like hot air balloons oh i do too well you live with we i used to live in that same place i yeah. mean when we have hot air balloon festivals there in sonoma county i've actually flown out to albuquerque new mexico for the big balloon fest to spent the week out there and uh no i just i love them they fly used to fly over my house back in california and you could hear them up there you know doing the blowers and they'd wave down at you and yell at you and you'd wave back to them oh i i miss that i miss that about have you ever been in one i never have we we had talked about doing a trip over napa valley the wine country and i don't know what happened we never actually did that that was on the bucket list and not sure how it we never steve, accomplished that steve one. it's called being chicken no I, i'm not chicken I, i've, I've been up, one <laughs> i've been up I in parasail i've been up in a parasail over the, the water in mexico and that was up oh. pretty high i enjoyed that i enjoyed it yeah i, I have it. no uh dr- i have no dream to get into a hot air balloon and let the wind guide me where i'm going to go and where i'm going to land well, I've jumped off a cliff when I was uh, uh, in Arizona there, Lake Powell. They have cliffs, uh-huh. and you got to know what you're doing, and I jumped off a cliff, and it was a good, it was a good distance up, and I, I, I hit right, and uh, there was no problem, but, um, you know, so I'm not really afraid of heights and jumping. I've been, uh, I've been skydiving. Actually, it was a tandem jump, but I've been skydiving. It's, it's, right. yeah, doesn't, I'm not, not afraid of that at all. Yeah, I'm just not there. <laughs> you, know, you know, I want to throw something by you. And, uh, we're going to play this clip here from Victor from um, Victor David Hansen. Uh, Michael's got it queued up here talking about American citizenship. I think it's very important to talk about that. And uh, if you don't know who Victor David Hansen is, he's one of the think tank guys uh, at the Hoover Institute in San Francisco. And uh, I agree with him a good portion of the time. I do agree with his perspective on things. But I did uh, listen to this little clip here. He's got a little class he's starting up, kind of like the Krager Institute. 
Prager Institute. And I, I thought it was nice enough that, I, you know, it's only a minute and 56 seconds. I want to play that and then get your perspective on uh, what he what he just said. So, Michael, go ahead and play that clip from Victor David Hansen. It's called American Citizenship. When you have these woke revolutions, it requires all of us at some point to say, no, not going to do this. A nation has to have civic education. They have to know what the Constitution is. They have to know what the First Amendment is. They have to have some idea who the people were that died at Shiloh, what Okinawa was about, who Andrew Jackson was, who Lincoln was, who Harriet Tubman was. If you don't have models of your past, you're going to forget it. We are living in a country that has no resemblance to the visions of the Founding Fathers in the first 200 years of our history. We're losing that ability with tribal politics, wokeness, cancel culture. If you lose the idea of citizenship, and if Americans don't see themselves as unique citizens of the United States, then you don't have a country. The people who control us in the corporate boardroom, in Hollywood, in professional sports, the people on Wall Street, the people in Silicon Valley, they have found a way to siphon the profits from 7 billion people on the planet that have an iPhone or an email account or a Google search to an area of about 80 square miles. If we don't wake up, the elite who don't believe in the American experiment will hijack our government. If we're aware of what they're doing and aware of the perilous status of citizenship, then we become masters of our own destiny. If we don't, then the citizenship that we've known for centuries will die. I'm Victor Davis Hanson. This is a course on American citizenship. Let's begin. Ron McDonald, your comments on yeah. that. Yeah, um, well, he's absolutely right, but it, it went further back with the Founding Fathers. Mm -hmm. Most people in the colonies carried a black uh, a Blackstone uh, commentaries and knew the laws. They knew what money was. They knew what their rights were. Today, um, law is not taught in your public schools or private schools. No. It's it's a special field that you have to, you know, once you graduate from your high school, you get involved in or you do not get involved in. So we're ignorant mass of people. I agree. I agree. Well, there's a lot of stuff that's been taken out of our school system. I remember back when you and I went to to school, what we had available, we were we were grooming young men to be young men and young women to be right. young women. And all these things were taken away. I, I not I don't really know why. Those things were taken away other than like in the shop classes, uh, for safety reasons, the lawyers creeped in and said, you know, some kid, some stupid kid cut a finger off. And so we're, we'll, we'll uh, end shop classes, we'll end all these autobotic classes, we'll end all these classes of trades. And uh, so we, we all lose in a situation like that. But I mean, I, you and I went to a school at a, at a really nice time where we could uh, we learned lots of other things outside of books. We learned to use our hands, how to create things, how to fix things, how to build things. I mean, what a great time. I mean, I, I look back at the things I still have. I have something in my office right here. I made a box to, to hold a bunch of pens and pencils in. I made all kinds of stuff. I still have that. That was junior high. 
and uh, we we created, we built, and uh, now you have kids who can't do any of that. Um, they just don't have the skill set, and it was never it was never passed on, or or the parents never did their job to teach those skills once they were removed from the school system. And the young ladies the same. It's really sad. They don't know how to sew a button on a shirt. They don't know how to do about anything. It's it's really sad. They well they can they can find it on their phone, an app. And find somebody who can do it for them, but they can't do it themselves. Yeah, well, you know, they have manual dexterity over their cell phones. That's about right. it. Right. You know, when I went to school, the teachers dressed up. Uh, the man wore a suit. The the yep. woman wore a dress. Yeah. And it was you addressed your teacher by Mister or Miss or Ma'am. You know. Yeah. Uh, today it's a free for all, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was taught civics, not government, but civics, and yeah. um, I don't. I believe they teach government today, or how to do your IRS taxes. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of brainwashed into, and we're guided into a certain mind frame. Well, I'll tell you what. If I were going to school today, I would. Uh, I would ask that my pronoun be genius. Uh, genius, Steve. Uh, yes, um, that, I would definitely answer to that. Uh, this whole thing of pronouns, and uh, I just found out last week that my son-in-law had actually quit quit education. He was a teacher, a school teacher, I think fourth wow. grade. He quit, and I, I said to him, I said to my 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 daughter, I said, you know, your husband, you're both in in a bad situation here with your background and your faith with the with the Catholic Church, and you're very sound uh, with your faith here. You're being handed by the school board a curriculum to teach, indoctrinate, brainwash the children in your class with LGBTQ curriculum. Now, with your with your background here, you've got to you've got to come up with some. Uh, you have a choice here. You want to just keep your job and keep getting a paycheck, or are you really, really going to stand by your faith, your religion? And push back and say no. Are you going to unify and find other teachers who feel the same way you do and come together and push back against these uh, these woke uh, these uh, woke school boards and uh, and end this agenda of uh, indoctrination, brainwashing the children? Are you going to do that? Or what are you going to do? Well, he quit. Wow. He, they both quit their jobs. He now sells insurance. And uh, she does homeschooling with the kids, with the kids. So um, that was a choice they made. I, I have the, the deepest respect for people who follow through what they say they're going to do. I could not personally myself, I would not be able to teach that. I, I know this is, first of all, it's not education. This is, this is, this is a political agenda. This is indoctrination and, and brainwashing. This is not what kids go to school for. They're going to learn this stuff sooner or later from mom and dad or somebody else. But we're going to stick with reading, writing, arithmetic, and science here in the school system. And anything outside of that, I'm not, I'm not interested in teaching. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, well, you know, in school they're addressing the emotions of the the individual, and if the individual declares he's a penguin right now, do we all have to address him as a penguin? I guess I mean, so. Where does it stop? I mean, facts are different. Yeah, uh, we're catering to the emotion, emotional state of the individuals, yeah. and I don't see that as any a part of education. Yeah. 
I don't either. I don't either. And uh, like I said, uh, to be a teacher nowadays, pff, forget it. I wouldn't yeah. want to be a cop nowadays, and I wouldn't want to be a teacher. And I probably would not go into the medical field ever again either because of the government and you know putting their hands on my career, messing things up, actually. I would I would not uh, do that career choice this time around, even though I think it's it's made me a better person and I've helped quite a few people with my medical knowledge. I just didn't I don't like where it ended up and yeah. uh, it, it ended up in a bad place. Unfortunately, Ron, let's talk about I saw the video. You've probably seen the video of Ty Ray Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee, the 29 year old black male that was dragged out of his car and kicked Actually, and I beaten did. to death. Did you get a chance to see that? No, I did not. I did not. Well, it happened on January 7th in Memphis. That was by Tennessee. five black cops? Five black police officers uh, basically all showed up there, and I don't know what uh, the infraction, what actually happened. It sounded like he went through a red light, but, you know, that's not one of those those situations where you, you call on backup, five different, uh, you know, people to show up at the scene. For somebody who runs a red light, looking back, he had no priors. He'd never been in trouble with the law, 29 years old, single male. Don't know what actually what happened, what transpired, why these officers went crazy, treating him like a pinata, basically. But uh, it happened on January 7th. He's hospitalized. He dies on the 10th, and we hear about it only because the video was leaked out on the 27th of January. So there was a bit of a cover-up by the police department of, of Memphis to cover this up. Um, again, fly black Memphis police officers charged with murder now. Two EMTs have been fired. Two firemen have been fired. I don't know why. Evidently, they said they didn't do enough. I don't know what that really means. You didn't do enough. What, they were supposed to jump in and push away the uh, police officers from kicking and beating the guy? I, I don't know what that really means. They didn't do enough. But... Uh, they're, they're trying to find other people to blame for this. Uh, two EMTs and two firemen, that's a, that's a mystery to me. Uh, 65% of the population of Memphis is black. So when this goes to trial, Ron, I can only assume that the defense is going to push to have this tried in an area of uh, that has more of a white district. you agree with that? Yeah, I do. But there's also another uh, issue with it. It's being declared by many in the left as white privilege. Now, I know they're black officers, but white right. privilege only because superior officers are white that are in responsible positions. Make any sense so other to words, you? In other words, you blame the hierarchs, the hierarchy up above who are white for the actions of the black police officers. You blame them. Absolutely. That's how it's viewed. Amazing. Amazing. Insane. That's what it, it, it totally is. It, it uh, pulls, you know, releases all accountability and responsibility from the person at hand who's actually committed the violations. I, I can't imagine blaming somebody else other than the person who actually committed the crime. Um, this is going to be interesting. Like I said, I think they're going to have to find uh, a white area. Um, it, blacks are not going to be too kind on two, even five black police officers because they have, they really have nothing. And it's interesting enough that you know, wife and I were talking about, and Mike Rivero's talked about it before. The amount, the number of police officers that actually are on antidepressants or mood elevators, medications to kind of keep them even keel. And it's a stressful job. I understand that. 
Uh, you know, it brings on all kinds of family issues, your kids and everything else. It's a tough job to be a cop. And I, I wonder if we broke this down to medications, uh, antidepressants, if we could have a case there. Or maybe that'll actually come out in the trial that these officers are all on these medications that have been uh, pushed by the agency itself, the the police department, and because they don't know how to deal with the stress of their jobs. So simply take a pill. And uh, so we have all these police officers that are ticking time bombs. And all it does is takes one little spark. Somebody gets angry and they all go crazy here. Uh, I mean, I watched the video and it was very difficult to watch the video. I mean, at any one time, at one point, I would think that one of the officers would have snapped and said, hey, hey, stop, stop, you know. This has gone too far, but no, they did. It was like it was like a feeding frenzy of sharks, and there was blood in the water, and they were just all there, ready to pounce on this guy. And here he's, you know, he's screaming for his mom and stop, and they're they're tasing him, and they're kicking him and beating him, and uh, and he ends up dying. What three days later on the wow. uh, the tenth of uh, January? Um, it's yeah. it's a terrible thing. You have to wonder what the criteria is for the position anyway, to start with. Does the individual have to be very aggressive? I, well, I think they, that they, would be If you watch the, the video, Ron, they don't have a leg to stand on. To use that old phrase, I feared for my life. You know how we, we yeah. always see police officers, well, I feared for my life. That's why I was excessive in my force. You don't have that in this video. You have a guy on the ground getting pummeled. You can't say I feared for my life. It's not going to work this time. Well, you know, I think they use a personality test to test these people before they become officers. And uh, they really are looking for aggressive people. Yeah, they are. So Yeah, I mean, they don't uh, – you know, it's funny. They used to be called the peace officer. I don't know when later on they changed. But <laughs> they've actually taken off their police cars to protect and serve. That's not on a police car anymore. It's gone. Yeah. They uh, they don't want to diffuse the situation. They want to escalate the situation and show the dominance and the power. And uh, I, I noticed when they they tinted their their car windows, the police car windows, even darker. Of course, it's not legal if you and I have tinted windows that dark, but right. they're allowed to do that. They've made their vehicles very, very militarized and looking very authoritative. Well, you know, we live in a time uh, when an officer does something that violates the law. In most cases, uh, he's acquitted. Yeah. So that that's probably the advantage of being a police officer. Do what you want, and hopefully you'll be acquitted for doing it. And it, it goes right up the line, right to the presidency of the United States. Do what you yeah. want. Right. So no, the people don't control anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I actually uh, I don't I don't feel the same way about law enforcement as I did as a younger child. I've I've known lots of police officers. I've known them personally, friends, part of our our group of um, swimming families. You know. Yeah. And uh, it's a totally different time now. I, I I get pulled over now, and I've been trolled before, and uh, and tried to almost set up to see if I would blow my you know, blow me, you know, lose my temper. And uh, I 
I don't see it. I don't look at law enforcement the same anymore as I did back when I was younger. So, again, I guess you could get one of those uh, those cameras and record the stop. I, I've, I've actually learned to lean over and turn on my phone to record just in case something happens um, being set up or something happens. At least I'll have a recording of the the altercation, but uh, I show respect. I show, res- show respect to the police officers, but I do understand some of these officers there. You know, Ron, if you have a large corporation, they say you have a large corporation, and in a large large corporation, you might say I have. It takes a while to weed them out, but you might say right off the bat, I may have ten percent bad employees, and in some time. You'll figure out who those bad employees are, and those 10% will be taken out of circulation. They're out. They're not working in your, in your corporation anymore. So now we're looking at 10%. But look at this uh, 800,000 police officers in the United States here, and I just pulled out 10%. You know, that's 80,000. So well, let's say you had 20,000, 20% bad employees that officers that are on the edge here, they're they're on medications, they're they're burned out, they're ticking time bombs. You're talking about hundred and sixty thousand police officers on our streets who are a ticking time bomb to pull you over. They don't like the way you look, they don't like the way you lean over to do something, they yank you out of your car. It's a uh, it's scary. Yeah. And and you're right, they're looking for the most aggressive people. To, yeah, also, uh, to do these jobs now. They're looking for these uh, these guys who came out of Iraq and Afghanistan, who kicked down doors. Uh, they're looking for the hotheads. They really are. And it's it's going to cost them. Hiring the hotheads is going to cost them in their department. For, from what I understand is in the police departments throughout the United States, their slogan is it's us against them. Yeah. Meaning that they're against the citizen beware of the citizen and um, that that's kind of a putting the citizen as a yeah. subject versus well, as I, the, I think i think everybody is is deemed the enemy until otherwise everybody you stop and pull over is a is is somebody who's who's broken a law an infraction right everybody is a criminal until proven otherwise that's kind of what they're taught i think and uh that's why we have these this this problem, this escalation of violence in the police departments. It's pretty sad. Hey, let's go to the phone. So let's pick up a couple calls here. Chris Steiner, you're on with uh, Ron McDonald. Hey, hey, Steve. Hey, Ron. Uh, hey, Steve. I was just thinking, since uh, you're in Florida, I should give you a call. And you started talking about some of the racial issues. Uh, did you happen to talk? Because uh, I didn't tune in. Did you talk about the African American uh, studies allegedly being banned in this uh, state? You know, Oh, well, you're talking about what uh, the new the newest thing that um, Governor Governor um, um, Ron DeSantis blocked. You talking about that? Yes, that that's as far as as far Spanish. as Black History Month. Yeah, actually, I have it right here on my on my desk, and and uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is his uh, is, is blocked this education. He said, "I'm all for education. I I am too. He's not for indoctrination, and yeah, he, just, uh, he doesn't he, support he, he it." He didn't one- make the decision. It was just he supported the Department of Education's decision to enforce the Woke Act. Yeah. Well, it's so, uh, as he said. He said in his quote here, "How does queer theory fit into Black History Month?" I, I think that's a dang good question to ask. I could ask black people. It says, "Hey, does 
just out of curiosity in, in Black History Month, do you believe queer theory fits into mm-hmm. Black History Month? Does that does that does that define you? Uh, well, if you're white, uh, you're a racist. <laughs> I'm sorry, but but uh, you know, a gentleman who's black who called in a local community-sponsored station was bringing up that precise issue this past Sunday on the Sunday Forum, and uh, he wasn't called racist like uh, another fellow who called in and told them to just read the syllabus into an 82-page syllabus and uh, the original syllabus. But the point is that. Yeah, well, okay, since you brought up that issue, there are the other issues. Some of, Just a few of the other issues uh, with it were uh, communism, Marxism, building forms of queerness, as you mentioned, elimination of prisons, white supremacy, superstructure that oppresses us, encouraging activism over college, reparations, and uh, more communism. Um, just uh, Angela Davis and, and so many other things. But, uh, you know, what they're leaving out is that the new curriculum, when I'm, you know, hearing these news reports calling the talk shows, they're leaving out that on February 1st, their new curriculum, the College Board, released. And uh, I've yet to, I was just checking a few minutes ago, I've yet to see if the Department of Education has accepted it. But uh, they're, what they're doing is race baiting, and I encourage people mm-hmm. to call into talk shows and call them on it because there has been no jeopardizing of African-American it's a black history advanced placement for college credits courses in high school. The existing ones are still being taught without criticism or without being jeopardized. Right. I've got some more right. for you. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. truth you're listening to republic broadcasting network real news real talk real people because you can handle the truth in times like these you can't depend on the government to keep you warm and fed but you can depend on the vermont bun baker to do just that with the vermont bun baker you'll never be in a situation where you can't cook bake fry boil water or heat your home all at the same time one of the most revolutionary cook stoves wood stoves ever the vermont bun baker is available with or without soapstone veneer a natural stone that retains heat and radiates it back into the room once the fire is out a beautiful addition to your home the vermont bun baker has an efficiency rating well above 75 percent and qualifies for the wood stove tax credit for more information watch the vermont bun baker on youtube and live stream or visit us at www.vermontwoodstove.com you can also reach us by calling 1-866-SOAPSTONE don't ever be hungry or cold because the power's gone out with a vermont bun baker all you have to worry about is what's for dinner Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer, five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick, easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam, works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene, five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W., five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya, five stars. I just ordered another. 
To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you. And your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. You know, Ron, I have a question. Uh, we're talking about this Tyree Nichols uh, being beaten to death or whatever, how he died. I have yet to find out his cause of death. Uh, was it internal bleeding? Was it a cerebral bleed? Nobody's, nobody's mentioned the actual cause of death. Um, Do you have any idea what they used on him? Batons? Uh, oh, they, uh, they used fists. I saw him fists? punching, throwing fists. I saw him kicking him. Uh, and I, I do believe he was actually handcuffed and they were still tasing him. And then they were, and he really wasn't, uh, he's not a big guy. He's actually kind of skinny, like JJ Walker type, type oh, physique. Uh, so they uh, clearly went over the top here with how they had to subdue him. And, uh, I'm sure they now recognize that and say, man, we went, we, we went way overboard on this one here, but, uh, let's go back and talk to Chris Steiner. Chris, make it kind of brief. I've got four backed up behind you here. I see time short. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry I didn't call you or contact you before the show. It just occurred to me. Lo and behold, you're talking about this kind of issue, schools and racial issues. I just don't want to see race wars. That's what the banks or gangsters would want most. And, uh, you know, our present form of slavery, dead slavery, that we need to make them aware of that uh, you're not going to guilt trip. We uh, fellow debt slaves into reparations, for instance. You know, look at San Francisco. They just uh, yeah. turned down $5 million dollars per person in reparations it would have cost 112 billion and the city's budget is 14 billion per year and they still say that's not enough <laughs> but they won't give a definite yeah. uh, amount that they want so um yeah and, and california is the lowest education lowest graduation rate florida is about middle in the union but uh, folks check out um 
The Republic Broadcasting page, uh, I posted a few days ago a meme on this and uh, references in that photo uh, with a bunch of articles, and I'm just uh, updating it some more so uh, with some, okay. some more news. And uh, folks right. can, you know, take those references and, you know, look at the actual syllabus. Look at the one-page uh, Department of Education list of objections. It's actually less than a page. And and uh, and see exactly, you know, when they say that uh, Governor DeSantis didn't give an explanation. Well, he did in his press conferences, if you've watched them. And the Department of Education uh, posted them. Uh, Senator Manny Diaz, who heads that up, uh, yeah. is the runs Department of Education here in Florida. So, uh, you know try to take back black history from the race baiters and uh, let them know that we love your culture and we want your spirit to to uh, live alongside a peaceful coexistence. But um, that's what the bankster gangsters don't want. Yep, that's exactly what they want. Chris, got to move on. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Always Thanks. do. Uh, back to the phones. Let's talk to Fred in Michigan. Fred, are you there? Hey there. Fred in okay. Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so... Citizenship, Victor David Hansen. Uh, why don't you, uh, Steve, uh, get with that presentation and discover whether he uh, identifies, uh, expounds at all on the American national, U.S. national citizenship provision, status, status provision. Uh, last night, I happened to uh, crash Rogers' cast, albeit kind of late, but I did hear about a a Riverside, California woman uh, who... Uh, Fred, Fred uh, what are you doing? I hear a lot of commotion in the background. Is that you? No, no, no commotion oh. here. Okay, good. Uh, must be on your end. Uh uh, a woman was pulled over at a checkpoint, uh, as were, sounds like, a hundred other cars. Uh, it was an alcohol checkpoint, right? So she ultimately confronted uh, the, the deputy dog and uh, uh, relayed the fact that she did not have a license, registration, insurance. And provided him the uh, passport, the American uh, national passport document. <clears throat> and he checked it out, came back. Uh, everything was peachy keen. And he said, quote, there's a code that came up. I've never seen it before, but you're free to go. So if you want to talk citizenship, Let's talk that, okay, because everything else, and they even asked her. They tried to trick her. The deputy dog said, are you one of those sovereign citizens? Yeah, that's classic entrapment, yeah. right? Right, right. Relative to the police barbaric tactics, mm -hmm. that's right out of JINSA. Jewish Institute National Security Affairs, whose motto is securing America, strengthening Israel. Now, the word secure, what do you want to bet? It means capture, control, govern. And 
E. Michael Jones, you said you're Roman Catholic, eh, Steve? Well, E. Michael Jones did a super stellar documentary two years ago. The Truth About the Revolution. The Truth About the Revolution. You and Ron could spend probably a whole month of episodes reviewing the intel data. In there, among many, many uh, uh particulars, he cites the ADL, Anti-Defamation League, which in the 80s began lobbying all of the police department, <laughs> federal, state, local, to be trained via the IDF. The IDF on a daily basis murders, you know, the indigenous uh People. Fred, Fred okay. I'm going to ask you to wrap it up real quick here. I got three more I got to get to. So wrap okay, it up. Real lastly, quick. Ron, I want Ron at some point, probably next week. Ron, okay. you, in the past, you cited the writ of whatever. Writ so of we, have all these, we have these patriotic, innocent Americans kind of wasting away, being brutalized. At, at the District of Columbia Criminals Gulag, is it possible the writ of mandamus or any other writ could be applied for each one of those people to get them the hell out of there? And I'll uh, I'll check out now. All right, appreciate it. Go ahead and answer there, Ron. Well, it, you know, it depends on what the crime is they're being charged with. But um, if you read the Sixth Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, it says that the, cons that the United States itself has no criminal power to try anyone. It has the crime is where it's committed, you know, and the state must answer to the crime, you know, for the, the, the perpetrator. So that in itself is a... Uh, an issue before the Washington, D.C., before the uh, federal government, is that the Sixth Amendment doesn't allow them to uh, pursue crimes. Have you read right. the Sixth Amendment? That's good. Uh, let's move on. We've got three more calls. We've got to catch up here. We're going to have to skip a break here. Uh, let's go to the back of the phones and talk to Wayne in Texas. Welcome, Wayne. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. A couple quick comments before I get to my point. Uh, First up, I think this uh, Memphis thing is going to be come out where it's, it was over a woman. The, the kid dated uh, an ex-girlfriend or wife of one of those cops, and I think they've Maybe. made an example of him. So, wow. uh, and and then uh, with this Memphis thing, I know it's it's bad. It shouldn't have happened, but let's compare that to the tens of thousands of traffic stops that happen in a year's time with yeah. policemen and how everybody walks away and uh, justice is served one way or the other. So yeah. uh, that's a couple of quick points. But now my, mm -hmm. my key one is this. Um, we've seen a real radical turn in what's happening in the legal profession as well as medical and all that. And mm -hmm. over the weekend, Natural News had a couple of real good articles. One was by Victor Davis Hanson where he, he called mm -hmm. it Race Everywhere, where he discusses the absurdity of the Memphis situation where everybody's black, including their upper levels, and uh, it's still white supremacy. But there yeah. was another article that talked about, it, the title was Cancellation of a Civilization. And in it, this guy lays out what the American Bar Association is involved in now, and it's affecting law school curriculum. One is they've really turned their backs on the established order and the constitutional requirements you know, that were in the law. Plus, racial preferences are, are take a much higher value now in admissions and faculty. And then three, 
the law now will be more subjectively applied versus objectively like in the old days. So right. we see examples like this in January 6th where a lot of those prisoners are white. I bet you the vast majority, if not all of them, are white. Mm-hmm. And look how they're treated versus the the gloves, the, the kid gloves treatment of the BLM yeah. rioters and some yeah. of these thugs in, like, New York that push people off, mm-hmm. you know, railway platforms and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wonder if Ron has seen this trend, and what do you see as a possible good uh, remedy for this? Uh, like the previous caller, you know, I feel like the national route is the best way because you're re- removing the presumptions the government has over you. So, Ron, any, any comments? Yeah, well, you know, if we go back to the basics here in the United States, when it was newly formed, uh, citizenship was basically uh, by consent of the individual. And it wasn't, uh, one wasn't forced into it. And that's in a case called Republica versus Chapman. And that's still true today, but uh, we basically have become the debtors of this country. We are the 14th Amendment citizen. We cannot question the debt. We use debtor's instrument as though it's actual money. Uh, we've lost our way, basically. Can't we, can't we not remove the presumption through uh, notifying and by affidavit the Secretary of State of the United States that we're no longer in that, that part of the system? We're choosing to clarify our status as a national versus a U.S. citizen? Well, you know, I'm not keen on that, but I'm going to say a debtor has absolutely no rights but is granted privileges and immunities by the master. And that's where we find ourselves today. Until we as a people uh, wake up and challenge the government for pulling the the fraud upon the American people, uh, we're stuck into the the debtor system. I still think we we can remove that presumption that we are a debtor by – by clarifying our status, that uh, seems to be the, uh, the line of thinking these days. That you know, in the, in the Immigration Nationalization Act, it, there is a phrase that says all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. Okay, yeah. And there's a few other clauses in there, but that's the key issue: is we have the choice. It's a voluntary so, scenario, and we can volunteer out of that status into U.S. national. Right, but the the problem is is that we are a a country of laws. The laws are commercials, are right. commerce. And the judges fall under that debtor's law. And these are all debtor's laws that we're up against. So how do you question your status when you need a court to validate or make an informed determination on your status? And they won't do do it. You don't don't need a court to do that because the Secretary of State of the United States is the the sole determinant of, of your status. And if you can put them on notice through affidavit that that's your choice, then that settles the, the question. It's out of the court's hands by then. If you do a notarized yeah, affidavit to them. Who, who's, who's going to respect that? That's the problem. E- everyone in this society is under the debtor laws. Right. From the police to the sheriff's department to the military to every nation on the face of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. They're all in a... Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say so, this. If you could ever tune in to Roger Sales' show and just have a chat with him and, and post some of your issues, uh, yeah, that's very, very good. I think coming up, bringing some smart heads together could uh, solve some issues for all of us. So see, I could see that, I could see that right, uh, thank you, working Wayne. if there was a large enough population to do it. Mm-hmm. But barring that, I, I, yeah. it's an isolated situation. Yeah, you have to be recognized, and if you, and if you can't find somebody in, in the legal system, the judicial system, to to recognize it, yeah, you're just kind of beating your head against the wall. Let's go back to the phones and talk to Jerry in Chicago. Welcome, Jerry. 
Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Good to hear you, Ron and uh, Steve. Hey, real quick. We yeah. have a Black History Month that lasts 28, sometimes 29 days for the whole month. Do we have a White History Month? How about a White History Week? Hey, how about a White History Hour? How about a minute? Okay. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I'm right there with you. If you want to be the one who, who suggests it, uh, I'll, I'll go along with it. But I can guarantee you right now they're going to label us a bunch of white supremacist racists. I guarantee you. Okay, okay, well, that's fine. I guess whites didn't do anything as far <laughs> as this country's history or anything else like that. We did nothing, okay? So, yeah. you know, give it to them. You know, let's give them $5 million a piece over there in California, <sighs> too, in San Francisco. Where did they, they come up with that number? Where did that number come from? It's It's so... It's so out there, $5 million. Well, you know how to get every lawyer to go to migrate to California? Then give the blacks each $5 million. You're going to empty out all the lawyers from this country to California, Ron. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks a lot. Bye. You got it, Jerry. Appreciate the call. Francis, North Carolina, put down your corona, and uh, what's on your mind? Hey, fellas. Oh, what isn't on my mind, dear? Well, first of all, you realize this whole fiasco with the latex balloon. There's so much innuendo, back and forth. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I feel for the women that actually try to hook up with that pilot or not, uh, unless they have their own alternative motives. But um, there's so much innuendo, it's ridiculous. As far as the legal aspect goes with the police force and so forth, I have yeah. to agree with your sentiment about the aspect that the, uh, the police vehicles do not look anything like what I remember as a kid, nope. as a child. Nope. On top of that, the fact that the uh, police, I don't care if it's male or female, whatever, um, at least they have one sex or the other. I'll give you that. Um, they are not dressed as police folks that I remember as a kid or as a teen that I remember growing up seeing, which was a plain uh, uniform, whatever, with the belt, with the tools, blah, 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 and badge, whatever have you. They look like they are set up for a military position because they have a heavy vest on, is loaded and everything. I actually talked to one due to a personal situation I ran into in short. And as I said, my gosh, they got you loaded, don't they? And yeah. they didn't respond with anything. But if one can avoid doing anything extraneous when you're driving, you should not have to worry about being pulled to start with. Unless it's something uh, that your insurance carrier has <clears throat> up on or whatever have you, or the DMT has, uh, no, uh, the Division of Motor Vehicles, that's it. Uh, has not DMV. on you as well. Uh, you should not have to worry about being pulled. Now, well, no, let is, me stop you real quick here. Let me stop you real quick here yeah. uh, because they have this great technology. They've got Stinger technology. They got license plate readers. Don't now, when they when they that. got behind this kid, they got behind Tyree Nichols' car, and they scanned his license plate. It came back automatically. What? What came up on the blotter there? Nothing. This guy does not have a police record. Nothing outstanding, warrants, tickets, nothing. But, but they still send five police officers over 
to obtain to, to detain him, pull him out of his car. What did they have to require five police officers to stop this guy and pull him out of his car? Nothing. It sounds like it sounds like they were on drugs or something. They go and uh, take their anguish out or angst out on a simple person. Yeah. I don't yeah. care what their ethnicity is. This day and time, with who knows what the officer are jacked up on, they have to release somewhere, somehow, some way. But doing it on the everyday person, uh, that, that is not the way to do it because they're opening themselves, well, if not themselves, they're opening up the department and the county for a major lawsuit. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And besides that, for the everyday other person that is not, have to deal with facing that situation. It's fortunate. One thing they can do that puts the officer on notice is asking for a copy of their business card. They know then that that person uh, knows what the whole deal is, and they have to do what they can to get out of it and let the person be on their way. Yep. No matter well, I, what. That's what that's what I learned. I remember John and I were talking about that. You call for you tell that officer. I, I want your supervisor here. Bring, get your supervisor here, and uh, so you, you protect your, your rights, and they won't call for the supervisor. They'll let you go on your way finally. There's a, there's a, a bit of a, a aggressiveness and attitude here with a lot of law enforcement these days, unfortunately. But uh, you just call for that supervisor and say, you know, I'll put my hands on the wheel here so nobody can see I'm trying to go for something yeah. here, a weapon. And uh, you call your supervisor and get him down here right now. Well, get your supervisor you know it, it, it's interesting you mentioned about the abuse and so forth because, quite frankly, I think a lot of uh, officers that have been militarily trained also have mm-hmm. another issue with aggression, and that's the yeah. aspect that they start on their off time when they're away from their job. Hence the reason why you have an issue with divorce because of spouse abuse and so forth. That's yeah. probably because they end up going into BDSM on their off time because they have to get their steam out of their system so uh the only reason i say is because i knew of a family that was torn apart because the officer went and did that and uh it just totally destroyed the marriage and so um it it was really a nightmare i really Mm -hmm. felt for the couple so yeah and with that i'll have lime coconut and pineapple macarona in the variant all right enjoy (laughs) it enjoy it enjoy it you know uh Never let a good crisis go to waste, Ron. I think we, we all have heard that many times over, but uh, I did notice that Kamala Harris uh, attended the Tyra, Tyra Nichols funeral. That was on Wednesday. Uh, she would uh, be out there to breathe new life into uh, anti-Semitism and systemic racism that is growing in America, which is not true. It's not true. I don't see it. I, do, you, do you see a growing... <laughs> systemic racism in this country do you see no. growing anti-semitism ron no when i grew up in san francisco it was diversified and very little if any racism in san francisco and i doubt it's in the small towns or anywhere across the country i'm i'm i've no doubt there are pockets of racism in sure. america but uh, sure. Sure. as a whole no no well, even Al Sharpton took the opportunity to uh, to go out there and and, <laughs> and play it up. This guy here is a major opportunist, but along with Jack God. Jesse Jackson, uh, yeah, he's there and he's trying to make the case of. Uh, but you, 
Hey, Al, did you forget that these are five black officers that beat a, a black man? Did you forget that? <laughs> but then he'd probably come back and say, law enforcement is uh, – these, these guys were just carrying out the deep-rooted white influence, uh, also known as Uncle Tom racism. So uh, let's, again, like you said, yes. blame the higher-ups who were white for the actions of these black officers. Right. Um, right. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah, it is. You know, on, on another note, uh, I just – Read where um, there's been over two hundred thousand um, Russians that have died so far in yeah. Ukraine. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Now, are you talking about Ukrainians or Russians? Russians that have died. Because oh, I think the war the, I think the I was thinking maybe that might be Ukrainians right now. No, it was on. Uh, it was on uh, Lou Rockwell, I guess. Okay, I gotta look at that because uh, you know we are approaching. On uh, February 24th, that is one year. Can you believe that's one year? Wow. From the uh, invasion, uh, Russians invading Ukraine, one year. February 24th. Wow. And they're not doing that good. Well, you know, we spent $125 billion, Ron. We're sending over tanks now and F-16 fighters, which if you understand, you can't just give weaponry over and say, here it is, use it. You got to actually be trained on this right. stuff, and, and driving a tank and flying an F-16, it's it's a lot of uh, a lot of schooling to learn how to fly the, and drive those tanks, which I do believe is is this has become a proxy war. America is fighting Russia right now because that's exactly who's going to be driving those tanks and flying those F-16 fighters. Our U.S. military, we well, are getting deeper and deeper into a war with Russia. Well, who's backing these? Uh, tanks and that uh who's making the money off these tanks as they're being provided by the united states well the manufacturers and you know by the way I'm, i mean you mentioned that is that we're depleting we're depleting our resources of what we have available so let's say let's say china i mean we're down pretty far we're down about six or seven years worth of stuff i'm understanding this if this is correct i think tucker reported that so we're down about seven years of arsenal so if China invades Taiwan tomorrow, and of course Biden says we're going to we're going to stand up for Taiwan, and militarily we're going to do something about it, we don't have the weaponry to do it, and uh-huh. we don't have the oil reserves to do it because we've been selling our strategic oil reserves. Run, we're in bad shape. Yeah. In bad shape. Hey, that completes our show tonight. Thank you, Ron McDonald, for being here. We'll see you again on Monday next week. Health, happiness, and safe travels, everybody, and we will talk again. Good night. It's the least we can do for the red, white, and blue. We must take America back. We must take America back. Are you one of the of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs. For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? 
You can try hemp paste by going to rbnhemppaste.com. That's rbnhemppaste.com. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.